0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to Racially speaking where we have real and honest conversations about race as its viewed through the lens of faith, family and vocation. As always, I'm your host, David Phipps, and uh, I think this is either, this might be episode 50, so, is it? I don't know, that feels like an obligatory celebration. We don't really do the formalities, typically, John Mark, but, um, look, this is part two of our accountability-themed episode, so this is, or episodes now, I guess, so is part two. Uh, look, we're not going to be quite as long as is episode one, but we did want to hit on a few things that we think are really relevant to where things are at right now and are headed. So we wanted to spend a little bit of time with this. So, um, yeah. All right. So John Mark accountability, we, we have to talk about, uh, shed some light a little bit on some politics. We're not going to get too, uh, too we're not, we're not here to take sides or be too explicit about, any in which person necessarily, but I think racially speaking on these issues, again, when we say racially speaking, this is a racial justice podcast. So that's our wheelhouse of what we think is important to talk about. That doesn't mean we don't think other things are important to talk about justice related, but we do want to shed light mm-hmm. on these things, which is hopefully why you're listening. Um, On the why I'm in the mood to clarify so much on these two episodes, but hopefully it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So John Mark, um, Presidential race is coming up. Um, it feels like it's already begun, really, which I guess it kind of has. In you know, yep. twenty twenty four, yeah, there's about a thousand people running or throwing their names in the hat for the Republican Party. <laughs>
1: Did you say a thousand?
0: Yeah, for the Republican <laughs> Party, go. and then it feels like there's like two in Democratic Party. Which as of now, President Biden seems like he's going for re-election, even though he's right. I think going to be eighty-six by the time he's done, right? Yes, that's yeah. that's old. Um,
1: yeah,
0: that I don't. That does not necessarily well, no, mean. eighty-six-year-old. Yeah, listener, it doesn't necessarily right. mean he's incoherent. Like people are calling him. Yeah. It doesn't mean he can't do the yeah. job. Yeah. it, it that, doesn't it's, mean it's, he can't do the job because he fell more than once. Yeah. I know. Yeah, do is that a good thing? That's happening. No, the is yeah, it? Yeah,
1: my ninety-year-old neighbor still drives himself to McDonald's. You he's know, sharpie yeah. attack.
0: Both shout out to Caitlin and I's, uh, both the Caitlin and I's grandmas, you know, yeah. are, you know, some of the, uh, spriest women we know, like yeah, are up there in age as well around that. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Just cause you're physically slower doesn't necessarily mean you're mentally slower. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. So
0: I'm not here to say
1: that. But either. also, also, you know, give some younger people a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. Um, I'll say this I'm I'll say this the front end because I don't really want to spend much time with it. We're talking about accountability and how things have changed and we need to move on. Guys, as we're sitting here recording, we're never going to claim to be polito- political experts, but it's got to be concerning that Donald Trump is right now the most likely person to be running for the Republican side. And Yes, he's like going through a bunch of indictments right now. What I understand is that the the really the only way and it looks like he's toast. Like it looks like the cases are like very solid like like against him like uh objectively. But it's really concerning that if he was to become president, that's how he would avoid going to jail. So it's like just to put that like out there, it's I I'm just pretty terrifying to think of if, and when the election comes and he's the Republican candidate that it'll honestly come down to again, like much like the last one, like, okay, do we want Biden or Trump? Like the lesser of, you know, I know everyone voted for Biden. Just a lot of people just didn't want Trump at that point. Not like we love Biden, obviously, but it'll also be like, there'll be another element of do people want to keep him out of jail? Like it's just like a a crazy scenario. It is. And going back to how things have changed or not changed, and let's move on. Like a lot of the reason we're where we're at now is because of stuff that was happening under his leadership, and for him to come back, it's just it's jaw dropping to think that that would happen again. After all, this is like stuff has changed, and so I don't. Yeah. Anyway, I really don't want to spend a lot of time there, but that I had to stop start there at the top and then trickle down. I want to hit on a couple of people that are that on the Republican side who have thrown their hats in the race, and we would discuss more Democrats if there was more. But these are two two that I think have racially speaking brought up some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikki Haley, John Mark, did you watch the the town hall?
1: I did. Okay, I so did watch the town hall. She held a town hall yeah.
0: in Iowa. And um, so she's a former South Carolina senator. And then I forget what she was an ambassador for. Is also an ambassador. She was governor. She was a governor. Oh, she, a governor, South Carolina governor. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: And then an ambassador for something internationally related. Anyway, yeah. she, again, you guys can watch this if you'd like. It's on, um, you know, online and stuff. But um, some things she brought up. Uh, racially speaking, I thought were were interesting. So I'll I'll say this at first. I didn't really know much about her at all, but I'd heard enough about her, so I was like, I wanna see what she's saying, what she's about is interesting. She's, you know, obviously a potential female candidate for the presidency. Um, I think she had uh I thought she was white, to be honest. And then a name like Nikki Haley, but I think she's Indian, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. Um which yeah, yeah I understand too. Um Anyway, so you know, woman, potential, female, person of color, presidential candidate is interesting. But um she said a lot. I I honestly thought she I I agreed with a lot of stuff she said. I liked how she navigated some of the questions and Me too. I thought she did a good job of being, you know, she's a politician, but I thought mm-hmm. And my threshold's pretty high, she did a pretty good job of being honest, not being afraid Me to too. say names and call people out even in her own party when, when she had to, and wasn't skirting around really anything. so I'll say that like I thought I was like, okay, like I wasn't like to the point where like oh i'm I'm sold by any means, but it was like, right, this is not like she's making some interestingly good points um
1: yeah. I got to be honest, I was surprised too. Mm-hmm. I was coming in because I, I, yeah, since 2016, I have not felt great about Republican candidates. Yeah. <laughs> so to be honest, that was the last time. And that was the last time where I was like, okay, cool. I, You know, I maybe I'll go either way. Still figuring out what I, what I believe, what I wanted to see, who uh, you know, who I wanted to put my yeah. vote behind. But um, hearing her speak, I was like, okay, she has a good way of speaking some really good thoughts uh she clearly communicates her stances i don't agree with everything she said but um i don't know i i, I think there could be some way worse people who could lead our country than uh nikki haley so mm-hmm. i'm not endorsing her i'm just saying you know yeah i was very pleasantly surprised
0: yeah not yeah. endorsing not endorsing anybody really not not endorsing anybody we're talking yeah. about the issues on here some issues she brought up um again she was the governor of south carolina what one thing she said and they uh, south carolinian leaders love to bring this up the whole again bringing a full circle from first episode um or part one of this episode the forgiveness thing um the -hmm. i forget was it 20 i forget the year um 2017 i believe that's what i was gonna say 2017 uh, Dylan Roof, of course, the horrible tragedy um, shooting at the um, church in South Carolina. Do you remember the name of the church? I sh- should have.
1: Uh, Emmanuel up. AME. Yeah, Emmanuel AME yeah.
0: Um, in South Carolina. All, um, all black victims was then, everyone saw was a, it was about race. Was Was it officially, I don't know, classified as like a, a hate crime? um anyway Mm -hmm. she she in her in her town hall was bringing that up when i guess asked about race or about um i don't i can't remember even what the question was but she went on this long story about what it has meant to her to be part of getting rid of the confederate flag i don't know what that means does it mean like it's illegal to fly to south carolina period now no, I
1: think it was no for, longer flown at the state house.
0: Yeah, okay, that's what it was. No longer yeah. flown at the state house. Because yeah. I was going to say, and I see I plenty of those. Up. Okay. It
1: was 2015, actually. Just okay. To the record straight. But.
0: I was going to say, um, I see yeah, plenty I, of those when I drive
1: down to Myrtle <laughs> yeah, Beach. Um, yeah, yeah you see plenty of those. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
0: But I, I want to hear your thoughts, obviously, John Mark. But like, I, the way she was framing it was just so, <laughs> again, she's a politician, was I'm a hero for this. And, the funny thing was yeah. it was she she was responsible for calling, making all the calls and she made it mm-hmm. really sound very dramatic of getting that Confederate flag taken down. After the fact, and these are her words, her words, once she realized that this the the shooting was a race thing, like she said, you know, at first I I, I was upset that people were making it about race. Um, I didn't think that was right, and then it wasn't until I saw people celebrating the shooting draped in on TV draped in Confederate flags that I realized, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this flag really means something. We need to get it taken down. And again, there wasn't, you know, a, the focus wasn't on how much she'd learned or like how wrong it was to not realize this sooner. It was all about, this is what I did because I was so moved by seeing this, this tragic symbol Celebrate in this way and to me that's that's tough because again i'm not saying there's never everyone needs to be on the same trajectory but for a leader of her stature to not understand that that of what that flag has always meant Mm -hmm. it's hard not to view that as unacceptable i'm not saying like i don't want this stuff to be taken down now even though it is too late but for it to be framed in that kind of way uh you know when she's on a campaign trail it was just, I'm like, that it was frustrating to me. Um, did
1: you listen to that part of it? I did. Yeah, I did. So you're saying that it was frustrating that she, um, like, kind of used it as, like, a, look. Can you share a little more, more what, what you're saying was frustrating? I think
0: she was giving herself a pat on the back for getting rid of it that mm-hmm. day in that moment. Yeah, and not shedding any light on that—that is old news to anybody that's paid attention.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that she was a bit behind the (laughs) times. Yeah, like, like there are communities of people who are like, yeah, that—that is it is racism is attached to that symbol, and it should should have been taken down a long time ago. Yeah, it's so funny to me, politics, because on one hand, she has to like that was an accomplishment. So. You know, and it's probably her best accomplishment around any type of uh, racial unity or racial justice progress. And it's probably, if she has done anything else, it's probably the most acceptable one for her constituency that she can talk about. Right. So there's all these reasons why she kind of has to highlight that and talk about it. But um, what is it? uh, What is that verse that talks about um, doing good works before the Lord for the praise of the Lord and not for man. Cause if it's for man, that's the only praise you're going to mm-hmm. get. And it kind of feels like she was doing it not then, but now she's using it um, for, for the praise, obviously cause she wants votes, you know? Um, so it does feel like it cheapens a little bit of the significance and the meaningfulness mm-hmm. of what she did uh, in that. Um, one thing is impressive that she got people in South Carolina together to uh, To vote that way, and the way she told it, you know, she was persuasive and, and persuaded everybody. Um, and that may be completely true. That because she said uh, she thinks about a child, I think she said a little girl who looks up at that flag um, and feels negative about about it, about herself because mm-hmm. of it. That's some of what she said. She claims was what persuaded people to vote, um, which you know it, that may be true. So, um, yeah. It's good that she did it, right? So you celebrate that she did good, but um what else what else can we do, Nikki Haley? You know, or, I mean, here's what or, I can... and I don't want to I don't want to pick on her. I don't want to pick on her because yeah, um just what else can we do? Your crew, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. Republican Party. What else can we do? And I also don't want to pick on them because I'm not sure I'm not satisfied with what the Democratic Party is doing and mm-hmm. progressing us towards. Racial unity and justice. Um, I think, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, what what are we doing? <laughs> like, well, here's what I compare everybody across the board: donkey, elephant. What what are we going to do to to move the needle forward?
0: Yeah, here's what I compare so. to: like, I'm not going to pat the Republican leaders on the back who spoke out about Trump on January 6th for the first time. Know what i'm saying like that's fine like that's like i don't want them to not but i'm not like mm-hmm. they can't now be like yeah i was always against them or like
1: you know I just <laughs> it's just too true. much it's, true. it's yeah. too it's late
0: true. without certain yeah. again without certain amounts of accountability that's fine like right right you can do you and speak up then and move forward and you know the we'll see if you walk the walk type thing but like that mm-hmm. took essentially mm-hmm. no guts to do that then, like, they're in your front yard, literally, like, my, I think, in the, one of the first couple of episodes, I remember my friend, you know, Zach pointed that out, of, like, you're, you're only, they're doing that now, because they're on their lawn, like, they're yeah. literally on their lawn, <laughs> coming for them, like, Arms. what are they supposed to do, Armed, yeah. you know what I'm saying, so, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all, like, again, that's, uh, yeah. I, racially speaking, I think that's, like, it's a subtle thing again. I actually thought the town hall was pretty, pretty good, pretty solid. Me too. In no way endorsing anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, it was interesting how she navigated those. I thought racial issues. Um.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would want, I would, I want, I want more from her. Like, yeah. what is? So that was the past. You did that. That's great. Yeah. That flag down. That flag should not be flown in yep. the of. I also think, as an aside that is an enemy flag. Like it is an enemy flag to the United States yeah. of America. They fought our army. Like what other enemy army do we fly their flag for in a state house? Like, okay, take it down. Anyway, uh, that, that set aside, I want to know what she would do moving forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, every politician who's going to be running for president, uh, in 2024, I want to know since, uh, the civil rights moment that we had in the wake of the death, the murder of George Floyd, what are you going to do to help progress us forward in greater race relations in uh, police reform um, in making sure that something like that doesn't happen again, even though it's already happened since George Floyd over and over and over again. uh, What are you going to do to to prevent that from happening? That's what I want to know. Not what you've done. Like, that's great. Good job. Thanks for doing it. What are you going to do now? Right. Um, and I, I think this will probably head towards the next thing that we're going to. She was also asked about woke, right? The definition of woke, uh-huh. right? Um, I always love that the first
0: response is always, yeah,
1: it can mean a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like, yeah, like that is what, <laughs> that is what we're talking about. Uh-huh. Like we should be talking about how to uh, bend help the lives of black and brown people in a country who are suffering systemic injustice but what we what we end up talking about is this word woke which is um a slang word that was started by black people to mean uh stay aware of your surroundings Mm -hmm. um both for your physical safety your mental safety um there's this uh there's this town um near my sister and brother-in-law that is still a sundown town right which means um sundown town uh if your butt is black, get back. They used to, they didn't say mm-hmm. butt. They, they would paint that on signs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if your butt is black, get back, or you should leave before sun is down or something's going to happen, right? That's, there's still a town today that my brother-in-law drives past on his way to work every day that like he needs to be aware of where he is on the highway. Should his car break down, he got He has to be aware of who he can call for help um, on his way to work because that yeah. town is full of racists who would want to do him harm still today, right? Yeah. Um, so that's what it is to be woke is to be aware of, of your surroundings when you're traveling, but also to be aware of just the political climate and the, and the injustices that could be headed towards you. Um, that's what it means to be woke. That's what it originally meant to be woke. And that's what it still means today. But that word has been, um, I think the word is co-opted, uh, to mean different things, like anything that has to do with, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, but in a negative way, (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. so that is that is what what I think that word has come to me. Um so yeah. But she she was asked that question. Uh what what the question was what does woke mean to you or something. Um right is that what it was? Yeah, Do yeah was what does woke mean to you? Yeah,
0: it was something like that and she I don't remember yeah. anything <laughs> she said with it but remembered. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like
1: I don't care what it means to right. you personally. You know <laughs> like
0: I think There's her common, a real
1: definition for it.
0: Right, her common thing was like saying yeah. it. it is kind of interpreted differently by everybody type, type mentality or like it was... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of how she worded it. Yeah, it was kind of beating around the bush of like what it actually means and then it was kind of yeah. s- subtly saying what she thought it meant. But I think she was... she. I felt like often was saying like, well, a small amount of people believe it means this, which is often the right way to view it. And then, but everyone else (laughs) views it this way. It's like, well, so you do understand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Okay. Um, the, uh, let's see. Well, I guess speaking of South Carolina, I'm looking at the wrong part of my notes. Um, all right. So the other guy or the other person is, uh, Tim Scott. Let's talk about him for what? Uh, yeah. I think it's a good thought exercise. So I think he's, um, he's also a s- senator in South Carolina as well. Actually, South Carolina. I senator, he was off yeah. in South Carolina. So she was
1: the governor. He's South, He's, he's senator. South yeah. So
0: okay, he's he's, he's throwing his yeah. hat in the race again. I don't think either one of them has a shot, just numbers wise. Um, that's yeah. not my opinion. I just think that's the facts. So, but
1: so similarly, I listened to his interview with Trevor Noah. Okay. that he did. You know, before Trevor Noah left The Daily Show, yeah, 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 and I was also impressed with what he had to say. Like, yeah, that, I don't know if I'm going to vote for him, but I was impressed with what he, I want to read his book now. So he, <laughs> so the thought yeah. exercise
0: is this: I think he's a really problematic black voice because he specifically, racially speaking, denies racism, systemic racism. Huh. Like that's his thing. Like he, like he's like, look at my life; it's proof that that doesn't exist. Like this is a land of opportunity. So he's all like (laughs) work hard. You get to here. Yeah. But it's interesting to me. This why I be my thought exercise because he's very, and even Trevor Noah said this, he would be somebody that would innately push back on anything about him. But he is very upfront and unapologetic about his experience with racism as a black man. Mm -hmm. And that's just so Mm -hmm. interesting to me because I'm like, how can yeah. and i'm very I like the nuance most of the time, but I'm like, how can those two things be so true? like you are yeah. very upfront about it, like unapologetic right. about your story like with he talks about his mom, him growing up in poverty, yeah. his mom working yeah. um being a single mom through divorce, mm-hmm. working sixteen hour days, being stopped by police throughout his life, like numerous times. He-
1: um, in the interview, he shared about taking his grandfather to vote for Obama. Um,
0: yeah, it's and, just uh, so interesting. And just what that
1: meant, the voting history and in, in South Carolina, the limits placed on black people in voting in his grandfather's lifetime. And, I mean, I don't know how you can talk about that, have that experience with your grandfather, know the history of that, and say that systemic racism doesn't exist I mean, that's, that voting rights is a, is a right. perfect example it, of systemic racism. <laughs> like, he's, he's, gerrymandering is a perfect gives, example of systemic racism. It's like there's two
0: different people. And I don't think he's on purpose yeah. being hypocritical, which is why it's so confusing. Yeah, I'm like, so you're talking, you're talking about yeah. inequality in education, yeah. all the stuff you want to do for education. Yeah. And how black and brown people are affected differently, but you don't believe it exists. So you're saying in one breath, (laughs)
1: yeah. What are the what are the causes of that? Yeah, the black
0: community is essentially like needs to work harder because he talks about later like able every able-bodied person should be working, like because that goes into some other issues. And and, like he's essentially saying he worked and got where he is because he worked hard. Therefore, systemic and you know racism doesn't exist. Like we he I've heard him. I think he was on the View, and he said like. We got a black president, we got a black, da da da, all these people. Like, really basic, like, elementary examples, in my opinion. And I'm like, that, yeah. How can, like, you say both of these things? And this this is where I do think he was a little manipulative. And this is on The View, I think. He was saying, like, some, like, giving some statistics about education that were, Pro, like, oh, look what I've done, or look what the Republicans have done. And he used like an HBCU stat for like graduation rates. Yeah. And she was like, that's an HBCU stat. He's like, it is, but like, it's a good one. It's like, but, and he just kept going. I'm like, nah, but that gets complete, like, 1000% <laughs> out of context of like, yeah. Anyway, that he's interesting. I think he's really, uh, yeah, had some interesting, really good things to say but then denies racism exists. I'm really, I'm just like, what? I don't know what in the world. That's what I left yeah. thinking, you know? Um, yeah. All right. It, but I, you got anything more? I just that? think
1: that it is a, uh, it's a product of, uh, the individualistic mindset, this, uh, bootstrap mentality, right. That, um, that anyone can work out of any situation if they just work hard. Yeah. Enough. And it's just not true. It's not like, true. That is just not true. There, there are too many, um, it's called trap for a reason, right? There are too many uh, circumstances, especially for those in poverty that are are uh, keeping people down. I think the average home, I read this stat and, you know, I'm not, you can quote me on it, but, you know, don't quote me on it. Um, but the average American household can't handle a, a random $400 charge um, without borrowing money or going into debt. Mm which is like $400. That's crazy. That's a crazy yeah. little amount like that. Yeah. We had a water bill. We had a leak in our house and there was a water bill two months that were $400. Right. Yeah. So that small things can cause that. A car accident could cause that your deductible on insurance could cause that. So, um, and, and that's not even for people poverty. That's just your average. So, um, imagine that, right? Like it could just knock you, completely off whack. You could get behind on your bills, your rent, you electricity, food. Um, and then you just, what do you do for more money? Right. And, uh, there are people who work two jobs and are stuck in poverty cycles. And, uh, tell me anyone who works two jobs doesn't work hard. Right. You know? And he, that's the so whole thing. Just,
0: he's using his mom as the person that he's looking up to. Like my mom yeah. did all this, worked hard and got out of it, yeah. like, and taught yeah, me yeah. to not to not victim blame. He was the whole thing. Like he's like, everyone's victim blaming now. And I'm like, you're essentially like, you're elevating your mom, but you know that she's the type of person that you're saying is a victim blamer now. Like, I'm I'm saying like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm not saying she clearly said, you just got to work hard to get out of your situation, but you're bypassing, all the things that she found herself having to work herself out of. Like she, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> I, it's just,
1: right, right, you have right. to see and what you're she saying. able to do that. Not yeah. everybody's able to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's great. Like, um, his
0: mom should be revered for getting out of the situation. But it's like, why were those to, situations I to, there?
1: I need to read his story more. Um, but he also talked about his father not being there. But even in his story, the brief interview with Trevor Noah, he talked about his grandfather being there. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like it was just like his, him and his mom were not alone. Right. And that itself is a step up. But back to this bootstrap thing, uh, what are pulling yourself up by a bootstrap to a person who doesn't have boots? You know what what I'm saying? Love that quote. Yeah. Uh, like if people, if people are so low down, so oppressed systemically, um, that they have nothing to build on, how how can they pull themselves up, Mm -hmm. right? So, I don't know. Whenever, usually when I hear black conservatives talking about working hard to getting to where they've gotten, they have pro-worked. I'm not trying to say they haven't worked hard. I'm sure they worked through some hard things, right? Um, But but usually there's one or two people in their story that help them get from one point to another, right? Um, Nobody nobody earns everything on their own except yeah. for Tarzan. But then even mm. Tarzan had the eight, you know, help him. Like somebody <laughs> changed everybody's diaper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like somebody gave you milk when you were a baby that helped you get from one point to another, a teacher touched you at one point and, and push you forward. They encouraged you and they, you know, progress you onward. Like yeah. um, somebody gave you your first job, right? Somebody said yes to you. On a resume, right? Somebody said, yes, you can buy this house, right? Um, So, along the way, I guarantee you there are people who um, tie his boots for him. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, He also, as an an example of how to move forward with racial, with togetherness and uh, and racial conversations, he, of course, referenced Dylan Roof and the people at Mm -hmm. Emmanuel AME and how they forgave doing roof right away and how that you know forgiveness is a beautiful thing like we again will say that but how that's just subtly hijacking the racism that took place you know what I'm saying like yeah. uh, this stuff is life and death like literally yeah. like that's it case is. in point like it's a life and it death is. thing like this isn't like a fun intellectual thing we're doing here like it, so that's why like it it is it is bothersome when somebody ignores something that's so egregiously true when it affects people, in this case, because yeah. of their skin color. Um, yeah. We could keep going and, and going with a lot of the stuff. Um, my headphones are about to die. I'm gonna be honest. Are they? I keep hearing <laughs> the buzz in <all laughs> my ear and I'm like, I'm about to lose them. Um, That's not good. Last sauce, John Mark. We, we told them we keep this pretty short, so I think we're about half an hour.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Last thoughts. Uh, forgiveness comes in connection with repentance. I mean, mm. um, I think you can put forgiveness out there and leave it there, but they can't take it. In, unless they acknowledge I've done something wrong and I actually need your forgiveness. Yeah. So I, I think it's great to honor that, um, the sur- survivors of the people who were murdered because of racist actions of Dylan roof, uh, um, forgave Dylan Roof, like put it out there. I think that's great. Um, I don't know where Dylan Roof is at with it, but I think we need, that is a reality. Repentance comes as a step in this forgiveness process and, um, repentance comes with grief and acknowledging the wrongs we have done. Um, and, uh, I think in moving forward, it's kind of like forgiveness, right? If we want to move forward in racial reconciliation, which I want to, um, it comes with being able to acknowledge the bare truth of history of racism in, in our uh, society and just continually yeah. be able to acknowledge that. Like, it's not like you ever like, OK, it's gone. We don't have to think about it anymore. Get comfortable with it because it's mm-hmm. something that is in our past. Uh, as long as the dollar is green, it will always be backed by an economy that owned uh, black people and yeah. abused Native American people and yeah. other brown people like the dollar will always be bloody. Um, but, but what we get to do is we get to take those dollars and, and work against, um, some of the lingering effects of that evil that was done. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to say. That's you know, great. Forgiveness comes with repentance. So
0: Love it. Forgiveness yeah. comes with repentance. I think of the word lament, which I hear a lot around in Christian circles. And I think it's, I'm no expert, but something that was... You know, frustrating. Uh, you know, at times like 2020, was hearing that word so much in Christian spaces. We all need to lament, and I think yeah. I heard a recent sermon on it actually, and um, one of my buddies gave it. But it, in its essence, it's mourning, and right, it's mourning, but it's also giving space to those who need it. You know what I mean? To lament, yeah. and so like, I think that's something that just was not happening. It, so it was hard to hear the lamenting be talked about so much. It's largely a term used in Christian circles, but, like, we need to lament racial injustice, all this. And, like, I'm like, yeah, we do. What, why, why aren't we we doing that? Like, that's, now's the time. Like, we do all need to collectively lament, and which means, which bring it full circle, like, people of color would be, not elevated, but be given space to to have this happen for us as a body as a church body and I think that still needs to be happening and I think that not happening correctly instead just talked about and not actually happening is why it's hard to accept the forgiven, move on mentality so um, I would love for you know that to be true moving forward and, and along the lines of what we've been talking about throughout these two episodes so um, yeah love your words I should let uh, I should have gone first, and you you go second. But what say yours one more time? Because yours was a lot more succinct and better, John Mark.
1: Uh,
0: forgiveness comes with repentance. Forgiveness no, comes that. with repentance. Perfect. <laughs> Boom. That's the, that's the T-shirt. Forgiveness comes with repentance. There, there you go. Um, yeah. All right. Hey, you guys. These uh these were some two hard thinking episodes. Uh, we went in the we went yeah. in the trenches with some of this. We appreciate you guys listening though. As always. Um, The music you're listening to is done by our friend Dylan Dent. Our artwork was created by Ashley Bush. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. The nightmare, might scare you know worse than reality. They hunt you by day, Y'all R.I.P. my Darbary, everybody got a time, but that's less than comforting. I hope I'm alive by the time they choose to come for me. Mosquitoes in the vein, or leeches on my soul. This money on my mind is a fracture of my bones. You get crippled by continuing existence like a ghost. And they wonder why we drink, and they wonder why we smoke. And they wonder why we think that everything's a joke. I'm shocked that we can sleep, Must be the thought I let it go.